I had just lost my mom and things went into lockdown. And I could go on with so many other events at that time that weighed on my heart. A line from James in Wyoming that caught my eye the past few days. Thankfully, he wanted us to know that Haven today has been such a blessing to his home in this hard time. Hi, I'm Charles Morris. And before we start our program, I wanted to pass along this note of encouragement. James is just one of many who've written in and given a gift, large, small, in between, because the Lord has used Haven today to recalibrate their hearts towards Jesus in these hard times. When you give to this ministry, you're literally partnering with us to share the good news of Jesus, not only in your life, but also in countless lives around the world, like James. Tomorrow is the end of our fiscal year. We could really use your support to meet our budget. All gifts will help us reach what the Lord knows we need to keep sharing the grace of Jesus where you listen and around the world. I'll give you our contact information in just a moment, but now let's get to the program. A classic scene in apocalyptic movies might just be hitting the United States. Godzilla's coming. In fact, it's already in Houston. Not the giant lizard. Another monstrosity, a dust cloud longer than the U.S. This could fill a lot of vacuum packs. Last weekend saw a record number of COVID-19 cases in America. And what more do we need? How about a dust storm longer than a flight from Miami to Seattle? Godzilla, its unofficial name, has traveled over 5,000 miles from the Sahara Desert. These kinds of dust storms happen on occasion, but this is the biggest cloud in 50 years. If you weren't planning on wearing a mask, maybe the thought of inhaling dust will change your mind. It could get bad, but there may be a hidden benefit. Dust clouds like this one have been shown to decrease hurricane weather. Christians already live in a cloud, not cloud nine. A cloud of witnesses surrounded, all testifying to Christ the King. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is our second week in a series called Corey Ten Boom Through the War. If you were listening last week, you'll remember we were looking at the life of Corey Ten Boom in light of the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II. Years after, she left a concentration camp where she was placed for helping rescue Jews from the Nazis. She wrote a book called The Hiding Place. It works on a couple of levels. She and her family did indeed have a place to hide Jews in their home. But when she was in confinement, she discovered that Jesus was her hiding place, a safe haven of rescue, even in prison. And that's kind of our theme this week. How do we find refuge? How can we hide away in Jesus during trying days? And as Corey discovered, this begins by hiding God's word in our hearts. So today we're going to look at Lamentations 3 and how the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's love is a covenantal faithfulness and it's eternally fixed on all of those who love him and whom he loves. And a little later, we'll talk to a man who learned as a child in a Japanese internment camp in World War II how God's steadfast love saw him through the worst of times. 
And guess who was in that camp with him? We didn't have much to do. We didn't have sports. Well, actually, Eric Little was wonderful with us. He organized games for kids. That's John Hoyt, who now lives in Bellingham, Washington, near the Canadian border, talking about the Scottish Olympian Eric Little. They were in the same Japanese internment camp in World War II in China. It's a fascinating story that I know you'll be blessed to hear. After this program, I want to encourage you to pray about how you can help us here at Haven Today continue to share the great story that's all about Jesus. For more than 86 years now, it's been friends like you who've helped support our mission to point others to Jesus. And for your fiscal year-end gift, I want to send you the World War II radio drama, The Hiding Place. It follows the story of Corey Ten Boom and her Christian family as they sought to help rescue Jews from the Nazis. It's so well produced with an original sound score and professional actors. It's like watching a movie in your mind. After the program, please pray about what you can give and then call us at 800-654-2836-800-654-2836. And don't forget to ask for the Hiding Place 3 CD set after you make your gift. Or you can make your gift online and if you do that, then listen to samples from the audio drama. And our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now, let's open the program with Emmanuel Worship, featuring Jessica Campbell Waterman. The Lord is faithful in all His words, in kindness and in power, upholding all who fall and raising up those bowed
That's from a Nashville church. The pastor, you might recognize his name, is Ray Ortland Jr. And Steadfast Love here on this Haven Today with Emmanuel Worship and a program called Corey Ten Boom Through the War. And I'm Charles Morris. It's a series we're in today that we started last week, focusing on the Lord as our hiding place. Oh, that we could know better what it means to hide in the Lord, to seek him while he may be found. Well, I'm calling you and myself to find those places in God's word where we can hide in faith, where the Bible speaks to us and speaks to us what we need to hear and says it when we need to hear it. And we're going to look at one of those verses you and I know that will help us carry us through thick and thin. And a little later, we'll talk to John Hoyt, who was thrown with his five brothers and sisters into a Japanese concentration camp in China. Eric Little, of Chariots of Fire fame, was in the same camp and helped look after John and the other missionary kids. We'll talk to John in just a moment about his experience. Now, let me ask you first, though. What comes up the most in the Bible? If you just take exact order of words, it's this line, quoted 72 times in the Old Testament. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, But don't stop there. There is a banner of words that God puts over you. The words into English shift occasionally, but mean the same, and this banner appears more often than anything else. But before I share this with you, I want to mention that Corrie ten Boom had to learn to walk under this banner throughout her life, but especially after she was arrested and taken to a concentration camp herself. She felt all alone, she was frightened, and the only one she could look to was the Lord. This banner that I'm referring to is a line in Scripture that we need to hide ourselves in. Whether you are at death's door or you're struggling with your health, you need to know this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never end. If you believe that and hide this word of God in your heart, you can make it through anything, even to your death and life in Christ beyond. Another person I count as a friend, Sam Albury, finds this banner picked up in Lamentations. You find it in places like Lamentations 3, 31 and 32. The Lord will not cast off forever. But though he causes grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. Like many of us, For many years, Sam assumed that God's love and God's wrath were equal and parallel outworkings of who God is. After all, God is love, 1 John 4, 8, and God is light, 1 John 1, 5. And so he presumed each was the source of either God's salvation or God's judgment. Sam could even draw a chart that lined God's love and wrath alongside each other with biblical examples and verses for each. It looked so neat and too tidy in his theology. But then reality set in, and through the years he kept reading God's Word and looking to fill his arsenal with truth. And that's when he realized that while God's wrath and judgment are significant, it's God's love that supersedes all else. The mercies he gives, Lamentations tells us, are new every morning. 
We talked about that a few weeks ago on Haven Today. Judgment is undeniable if you believe in the Bible. But it's not what lies deepest in God's purposes for his people. God's judgment will not be forever, he tells us in Lamentations 3.31. But in the following verses, he will yet have compassion. And then in the next verse, and most fundamental, verse 33, it is not what God is not, what God is about. He works out of his heart in love and mercy to us first and foremost. His judgment comes because he's slow to anger. God is not trigger happy as we can be. If you've listened to this program long, you know the name Ray Ortland. But I'm not thinking of my predecessor. I'm thinking of his son, Ray Ortland. He's an Old Testament scholar and just retired from the church that we heard from the opening song. The younger Ray Ortland says, God is not itching to bring down the hammer. We have to drive him to do that. Instead, his spontaneous heart is to love us. Because of the love's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3. God's word will protect you. His word will keep you. And so we need to hide it in our hearts. Seek out his word. Put it in our arsenals. This banner hangs over all of us who are in the care of the Lord. You find this banner mentioned in the great Messianic Psalm 110, where it points to Jesus Christ coming from the mysterious order of Melchizedek. It breaks out again eight psalms later in Psalm 118. This banner is high and mighty over us. It hangs on the Hebrew word hesed that helps lead us to Christ. God promises hesed, covenant faithfulness, to the thousandth generation of those who love him and whom he loves. We can give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love, his hesed, endures forever. That's the opening to Psalm 118. And if you still don't realize the need to keep this banner flying high over you, just go to Psalm 136, 26 verses long, and each new line, 26 times, ends in the chorus. His love, his hesed, endures forever. Psalm 136, known in Judaism as the great Hillel, the great psalm of praise. He is your creator, your rescuer, your victor, your friend in need. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never, never come to an end. I want to share with you a story that demonstrates this steadfast love. I mentioned John Hoyt earlier in the program. He was born in 1932 in China. His father, a medical missionary for the same organization that Hudson Taylor founded, the China Inland Mission. John was one of six children. And due to the nature of his parents' work, all the kids lived in a Christian boarding school just after Pearl Harbor was attacked. The Japanese invaded much of China and put all the students from his school into an internment camp. His parents were in what was called Free China and were separated from their children for four years. John was only eight, but thankfully, the Christian teachers from his school were with them in the camps and helped the kids focus with their schooling and also not forget God's Word. So we didn't have any paper, we didn't have textbooks, we didn't have pencils. Somehow they managed to keep us going 
in spite of it all, because it was nearly four years in prison. Mm. And uh, when we all left, we were only about a year behind uh, the other kids when we went back to England. One of John Hoyt's teacher was the Scottish Olympic gold medalist, Eric Little. You remember his story from the film Chariots of Fire, right? Well, Eric helped organize a physical education program for the kids in the camp, and he was there to console them as they missed their parents. We didn't have much to do. We didn't have sports. Well, actually, Eric Little was wonderful with us. He organized games for kids. This he is was, the gold medal yeah, winner that's of right. Chariots of Fire, Yeah, the Scotsman. Uh, he, was, he was exemplary, and we, uh, we idolized him because we knew about his gold medal, but he was so... So uh, humble about the medal, he would never touted or do ex- mm-hmm. say anything great about himself. He was a very humble man, but we felt he was an epitome of what Jesus Christ would be in a camp like this. Mm. It was a huge shock to us when he died very suddenly. We think he had a, a tumor, a brain tumor, and it came on quite suddenly, extensive uh, headaches. So some, at the end of the film, Chariots of Fire, it says he died in a Japanese internment camp. And it, you'd think that maybe it was because of torture or that. No, it was just the, um, the, uh, this strange tumor that just came upon him. Mm. And it was hard for him because his wife and children had been sent to Scotland. He was alone from, and he missed his wife terribly. But my brother Robin was in the, the men's dorm that he was in, so he got to know Eric pretty well. But with all the school and games, they were still in a Japanese internment camp in World War II. Thankfully, they didn't see much torture, but life was still hard. Our problems were more that it was very cold in the winter and we couldn't get good fuel, so we were cold all the time. And also the food was very monotonous and very limited. Mm. We would be given, say, uh, 10 pounds of horse meat to feed a 1,000 prisoners. So they would make a sort of a, a very dilute stew to keep us going. John Hoyt saw that no matter how difficult times were for him as a young lad in the camps, the steadfast love of the Lord was always with him. God's or Christ's persisting light shines through in the dark places. And believe me, we had some very dark times in China uh, with my parents nearly being killed by the, the Red Forces when I was two, and then the war. And while we were in the prison camp, we got the news that my mother had died mm. uh, of typhus fever. Of course, they were, my mom and dad were in free China, 1,500 miles inland, so and we couldn't get to them and they couldn't get to us. But this news was a terrible shock. We all, well, at least my sister said that she didn't believe it. She hoped that it was just a rumor. Mm. So we waited for Dad after we were free down in Hong Kong. And um, there was Dad, but no Mom. We realized it wasn't just a rumor. She actually had died. And that was the harshest, darkest thing for us. I mean, the prison camp is a difficult place. But when you don't have your parents, you really feel double an orphan but we did met my dad and we took the slow boat to to England uh, after the war so looking back look at the horrors of war I think the light of Christ's truth and his light shone through the dark places in my life 
and his compassion and his love will be with me forever. John Hoyt, who understood World War II as a child. As an adult, John eventually moved to the United States, where he worked in the tech industry for many years. He was close to Bill Hewlett, to Hewlett and Packard, and he now lives in Washington State and enjoys writing with his wife, the poet Lucy Shaw. Truly, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. song came out of the Calvary Chapel movement and Maranatha music. I think you've probably heard it before. Sung for us by Dave Hunt on this Haven Today, The Steadfast Love of the Lord. I'm Charles Morris. And just before that song, we heard from John Hoyt, who was only a child experiencing World War II. But he still saw the light of Christ shining through dark places in his life. And that sounds like Corey Ten Boom talking. Her experience in the concentration camp in World War II, she saw the horrors. Her father and sister died in the camps. But as she also said, there is no pit so deep, God's love is not deeper still. I would really like, here on this Monday, to send you Corey Ten Boom's story that comes off of the radio theater audio drama called The Hiding Place. As you hear her and her family's story, You'll be uplifted to see how the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. How it never ceased to be with them, even living and trying to make it through a concentration camp. And with our fiscal year in closing out tomorrow, June 30th, I'd really like to encourage you to pray about partnering with us to share this great story that's all about Jesus. And for your gift... And might I say, as generous gift as you can, but only after you've prayed, we'll send you the three CD set of The Hiding Place as our special thanks for your help. Here's our number to call right now, 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or visit our website and listen to a sample from this three-hour epic radio drama 
And our web address is haventoday.org. That's H-A-V-E-N-T-O-D-A-Y, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll celebrate the great story together. That's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. These words may remind you of a song, but they were inspired by Jesus. He said, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So when you see a sparrow, or really any of God's creatures, remind yourself, if God knows each one intimately, how much more so does he know you, value, and take care of you? Not a single detail of your life slips by him. Try out Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.